Hello and welcome to the Thrive at Kansas State University podcast. We're back with another episode of our new series, Student Stories. In today's episode, Physical Wellbeing, we sit down with Elizabeth Mitch, a food science major at Kansas State, as she shares her insight and tips into the areas of food safety, food budgeting, nutritious meal planning, and more. For any information about the K-State programs we talked about today, please check out the show notes of this episode. My name is Macy Hines, Health Communications Intern at the Morrison Family Center for Student Wellbeing, alongside Shelby Hunt, Education and Outreach Advisor of the Wellbeing Center. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Round two. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, um, Liz, welcome to the podcast. You said first-time podcaster, yes. so this should be a fun, um, fun episode. Um, this is another one of another episode on our student story series. This is under the umbrella of physical well-being, and um, you have a lot of insight to provide um, in regard to food budgeting and nutritious meals and food longevity. So I'm excited to hop into that later. I think um, I'm excited to learn a lot about that. But um, to start the episode, do you just want to introduce a little bit about who you are, um, what brought you to K-State, maybe what you're studying? Yeah, Yeah, so... My name's Liz. We already covered that, but um, (laughs) I grew up as a swimmer. I considered swimming in college, um, ended up not going down that path, but also had dairy goats, was in 4-H, whole kind of odd mix of uh, different activities that I did. I was very, very busy, Um, (laughs) but swimming is really what got me to K-State. There was this one swim meet every year that we had. It was the Monster Splash, and so they had these super cool t-shirts, um, and for some reason, every year at that meet was, like, way better times for me. So I just associated, like, doing really well with K-State, and on top of it, we had meets in Lawrence, and they never went well for me. So it, I just go with it was, like... Boo to KU. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so K-State was my really obvious choice. And then having dairy goats, I was exposed to it a lot with K-State Vet. Um, I worked at a vet clinic for a while that was all K-State alumni, so it was just my school, felt like home to me already. I loved it. I remember people waving to me when I toured, and that was just, it was just perfect. So that's why I ended up at K-State. I actually started out in a different major. Um, I had mentioned working at a vet clinic, thought I was going to be a vet until my senior year of high school, and that didn't work out, and then thought a different pathway was going to work, and then just really didn't like that. Um So I ended up in food science because at the time I was questioning everything, uh, I learned about the major itself, didn't know it existed at all, Um, and it had good job placement, good opportunities. I could do pre-med, go back to pre-vet. I could get a pretty good starting salary, so I was like, I'll try it. What what could go wrong? (laughs) Food is cool. Yeah, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's anything with it. Um, and that's kind of how I got to where I am today of a long journey of deciding I want to be in food industry and work with food, but um, really had no expectation of falling in love with it the same the way I did. Um, I was lucky it was my first major switch and not my third. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of who I am and where I got to. Uh, yeah, majoring in food science and industry, minoring in biology. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the microbial stuff that goes on with food is a huge interest of mine and chemistry 
That's one of the things that's really interesting about food science. Um, we eat food, but we don't really think about what goes on behind it, of those mm-hmm. textures we like and that nutritional content that we go for and the flavors and how to make sure things stay safe. There's chemistry, there's biology, um, there's psychology with it too that you can go into. You can go into law with food science. You can go into, I don't, anything. (laughs) It's kind of overwhelming sometimes, but it's a really exciting pathway to learn about um, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't realize there were so many opportunities in that um, major. Uh, do you have any idea what you're wanting to do afterwards? Or are you kind of just figuring that out? I'm kind of just figuring that out. I'm working on different internship opportunities right now. But um, for a while, I wanted to do medicine with it. And I was really interested in allergy and immunology, mm-hmm. since we um, learn a lot about chemistry and different allergens or something we're talking about constantly, because we're always adding more to that list. Um, but again, I tend to take pretty drastic turns of things. So (laughs) now I'm actually interested in research and development of new foods, um, or maybe food safety or a mix of both. Um, and and more specifically like coffee or chocolate. So, um, yeah, I would smell good coming home from work every day. So that's a plus Mm -hmm. and free samples of coffee and chocolate. (laughs) Sounds great to me. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to pick your brain about the food science of, of coffee sometime. It's, we'll see if we get into that. Yeah. <laughs> if not, we'll, for another time. But mm-hmm. um, when do you graduate also? It'll be hopefully next May is okay. what I'm shooting so for. So about another year? About another year. Okay. Yep. Um, so I guess under this umbrella of physical well-being, do you kind of want to describe, I guess, in relation to, like, n- nutrition, food science, mm-hmm. um, how you personally define physical well-being or, like, what it looks like to you in maybe regard to this um, food science, nutrition side of things? Yeah, so I grew up, I mentioned swimming. I actually got interested in nutrition because I had a lot of trouble at swim meets with eating um, and actually practices as well. I think I could have been a much better swimmer had I learned more about it and what actually works for me because, like, I had this thing, I lived off of, multi-grain Cheerios, and Gatorade Energy Chews at swim meets for three days. Not (laughs) at all nutritious or good for refueling my body for, I think, my, the most races I swam in one weekend was 12, 12 or 14, something like that. So cannot live off of Energy Chews and Mm multi-grain Cheerios with Mm -hmm. that. Um, That gives me a tummy ache talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, so I learned a lot about trying to, and I mean, even eating on top of that was just difficult at swim meets, so that was how I got interested in nutrition, because I was looking for ways that I wouldn't get sick, because I did have an issue with that during races, mm-hmm. um, and then with lear- with being a swimmer, the mental aspect of well-being was always very important, because it's races, and competing, there's a very significant impact <laughs> with where yeah, your head is. Absolutely. Um, and then physical well-being, it all, everything always tied in with nutrition for me. I would do really well if I were eating well, and I physically and mentally I would be doing better if I wasn't hungry. I suffer mm-hmm. severe hangry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's real. It's yeah. a real thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, I 
sometimes feel like a completely different person when I'm hangry. Um, but that's okay. So that was how I got interested in all of it. But I think acknowledging your nutrition and not even in like nutritious food, but just in general, how you're eating and how you're taking care of your body. I mean, if we want it to run properly and even your mind, you have to take care of that first thing of what you're putting into your body. Um, and that was, swimming was what taught me that, but that's what built my view on nutritional well-being. Yeah, I I remember in high school too, like everyone kind of did the, like the, that energy chew phase or whatever. <laughs> like, it was like none of us really knew how to like take care of ourselves and fuel yeah. yourselves. Mm-hmm. And like, like you mentioned, that's kind of the foundation for like, you don't have food then you, you can't think clearly that brain fog I think all of that can kind of tie back to that like food is fuel and without mm-hmm. that how are we how are we functioning in every other area yeah um, yeah I think it's it's really relatable like the swimming bit because I swim I'm a triathlete mm-hmm. the running oh, bit cool. right and yeah. like learning what fuels work for you that like don't work for your friends or what your yes. friends are like you should try this and then you try it and you're like <laughs> That run felt like garbage. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, and not wanting to like just live off of sugar for like a four hour run. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. how, do I, how do I mix this up? Yeah. And still be able to function. So, yeah. That's what mm-hmm. you mentioned like what works for your friends won't work for you. Mm-hmm. My worst experience was with peanut butter. Oh. Um, quickly found out I cannot eat peanut butter anywhere near working out like okay. a five or six hour window mm-hmm. um I was super hungry and I used to just eat like scoops of peanut butter when I was hungry so I was mm-hmm. like okay I know I can't eat like toast for some reason that makes me sick when I race like I went through all my things so I was like okay scoop of peanut butter I'll be full it has some amount of nutrients that I need right um and I actually threw up in the middle of one of my races oh, <laughs> that in night. The water? In oh. the water. <laughs> so, and I, like, I was a junior in high school. A lot of people kind of knew who I was. So everyone was like, oh, my gosh, Liz threw up in the pool. <laughs> and it happened to be, like, into my friend's lane that was racing next to me. Oh, <laughs> and oh, no. it was just the worst thing. And I was like, can't blame me. It was the peanut butter. Like, I'm just, like, imagining a net trying to... Sk- oh, I'm gross. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they, so gross. the meat got paused for 30 minutes mm. for oh, yeah. the filter to go through. Um, yeah, traumatizing. Doesn't work for me. But, yeah, it was one of those things mm-hmm. that I was like, I know my friends eat peanut butter. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It was not <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of my teammates who, um, like, have apples and stuff. And I'm like, Those are th- so, like, acidic, I think. I oh. always, like... If I ever have, like, an apple before a run, I, like, I have, like, a side oh. ache or a stitch or whatever. So. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. do that either. No. Yeah, so definitely kind of all. interesting. And it, it takes, like, training almost, like, training your yeah. gut. Like, some people are like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't need anything before a run or whatever. I'm like, how do you, yeah. <laughs> how do you first of all, have energy? So it's this hard balance, and it takes kind of a while to figure out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I guess now under that umbrella of physical well-being, you have – a lot of good information and tips um, to share today regarding food budgeting, planning nutritious meals, food longevity. So you want to tell us a little bit about um, some of the topics you're looking to go into today, um, maybe like why you were passionate about those or um, anything like that? Yeah, for sure. So um, you said food budgeting, absolutely that. Um, planning nutritious meals and actually like 
working out a meal plan, there are a few little hacks that I've learned from my major and my mom. This is kind of fun, but um, kind of fate with my major. My grandma, uh, I unfortunately didn't get to meet her, but she was the first woman in my family to go to college. And she was a family and consumer sciences major who would go to families that just moved into their homes and give them recipes and teach them how to use all their appliances and, like, worked on um, that type of stuff. So there were a lot of things that came from her that my mom ended up teaching me with budgeting and nutritious meals. Um, And the food longevity (laughs) – I can't speak sometimes – Um, Food longevity uh, is really interesting from my perspective, and I'll definitely speak on that a little bit later because there are a lot of things that we can control um, to make our food last a lot longer. Like um, my thing I'm very proud of is I can usually get strawberries to last about a week and a half in my fridge, which is (laughs) (laughs) typically a little bit longer than – I think is normal yeah and there are a few a few little ways that I do that but yeah that's kind of where I see our conversation going on my end yeah uh thank you so much mm-hmm. um, I'm really excited about this so do you want to kind of give us now your pitch so to say when it comes mm-hmm. to like your recommendations for college students or I guess like anyone listening I think specifically this can be really helpful for college students because this is kind of your first time buying groceries you know, on your own. And that's like super overwhelming. And I like what you mentioned about, you know, your, what your grandma did helping people learn how to use appliances. Mm -hmm. Like for some people, this is their first time using the oven by themselves. Like what recipes do you make? Like kind of, you know, do I dig Pinterest for recipes? How do I find Mm -hmm. and plan meals? So, um, I guess we can maybe go if it's easiest in each of the areas, if that works for you, maybe starting with food budgeting and going down the line or if you have a certain yeah. thing you want to start with? Um, I think probably meal planning is the best way to start and then we okay. can go into food budgeting uh, along with that. Okay. Um, so yeah, meal planning was something I wanted to get into because I always see all those cool like TikToks and Instagram <laughs> things of all their organized fridges and that they just don't have to think about cooking which yeah. is a nice thought, mm-hmm. uh, especially with, like, I'm always in, like, 17-ish hours. So the yeah. last thing I want to do is cook. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we said earlier, like, what works for your friend isn't going to work for you. I can't <coughs> do that to save my life. Like, <laughs> I, I just can't make it work on uh-huh. Sunday, and I can't. I'm doing homework. I procrastinate. I'm not going to be sitting there cooking seven meals. What I've found is very beneficial for planning nutritious meal or Meal, nutritious meal. <laughs> nutritious meal. <laughs> <That's hard. laughs> nutritious, I can't say it. Yep. Planning meals. Um, healthful meals. Healthful meals. That's a, <laughs> yeah. meals. Um, I usually pick out one or two meals a week that I really am looking forward to eating. Mm-hmm. And then find the ingredients for that and figure out ways to use those leftovers and either directly from that meal or use the leftover ingredients. Because, like, one of my common meals I make usually has something with chicken. Um, My friend and I nickname it protein veggie starch. Um, So (laughs) I'll make some, like, last night was barbecue chicken, roasted broccoli, and rice. Um, In order to get that chicken, what was on sale at Dylan's was five chicken breasts 
And that just seems daunting and, like, way too much chicken for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I will have the barbecue chicken for dinner last night, and I'll make one or two extra servings of it, and I'll either chop it up and put it on a salad, or I'll freeze it, or um, use it in, what's what's another one? I, I use it in, like, mac and cheese sometimes. And so you can figure out how to use those leftovers as other components of meals, because mm-hmm. I hate eating the same thing over and over again. Like, there are few, very few meals I can do that with. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my first tip of finding something you're really looking forward to eating. That way you satisfy that mental hunger along with that mm-hmm. physical hunger because otherwise you're you're not going to be happy eating if you're not eating something you want to be. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be my first tip of find something you want to eat and then look at what you're going to use to make it and uh, – figure out different ways to use it throughout the week. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I'm also going to use, I didn't, I bought three heads of broccoli and I only cooked one. Mm -hmm. So I'll probably make a chicken lo mein and that way I can use some of the chicken I didn't use and that way I can use extra broccoli. So there are ways to get multiple meals out of a few groceries at the store and that also helps cut down on cost a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the other thing I do for meal planning, that's, that's my main tactic of meal planning. Mm -hmm. Um, if I'm feeling really on top of it for the week, I'll actually go and look at Dylan's and see what's on sale. Mm -hmm. That's a really nice way to, uh, cut down on cost for groceries. Um, and especially you get those fuel points. Um, (laughs) love the Dylan's fuel points. (laughs) Yeah. And I'll get into this a little bit more later, but the, uh, different stores, like shopping at Walmart, Dylan's, and Aldi's. Yeah. Um, and Hy-Vee. hy really cool. I have a special place for hy <laughs> because of my job. They support a lot of local businesses, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. I didn't know that until I got my job that I currently have. But uh, you can actually, if you have to, I don't have time to split up where I shop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of use Dylan's as my go-to. But... Um, if you have time to split up where you shop, that's a really easy way to uh, save a lot of money mm-hmm. because um, they have different requirements for their products. But anyway, the uh, picking out your meals is the biggest thing. And then on top of that, not being afraid of frozen meal, frozen foods yeah. and canned foods. Um, there there kind of seems to be a misconception of those foods being bad yeah, I agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. They're not. Yeah. Um, from everything I've learned about them, I've literally spent classes over, like, the whole entire process of freezing and the enzymatic reactions that go through them mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to freeze something to keep it green and to keep it fresh and healthy. Because mm-hmm. even though we have all these products that aren't super healthy, um, I think the food industry kind of gets the bad rap for um, – feeding us things that aren't good and that you should only be eating fresh foods. Mm -hmm. The food industry's goal really through all the classes I've taken is really to figure out how to provide the most nutrition with the freshest ingredients while keeping it safe and accessible, Mm -hmm. which is why we have those frozen foods and those canned foods is that's really the most accessible and safest way to get extra nutrition out there. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying Oreos are good for you, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that's really 
the reason we have those products. So your frozen chicken, it's really not going to be any worse than buying fresh chicken. Mm -hmm. And you might, depending on what works for you, like I'll buy the fresh chicken breast and pull out three, I think they come in like packs of three to six. Yeah. Um, And so I'll pull out three of them and use those for the week and I'll freeze the other three or two. Um, so I can use them later on maybe when I need to work on a little bit of a tighter budget for groceries or I just don't have time to go get groceries. That way I have something to fall back on. Um, And, like, longevity with that, too. I mm -hmm. think, like, some people probably can't go to the grocery store maybe every week depending on their job or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. like if I can't or if you live, you know, in the country, you're like, I might not be able to go to the grocery store for three weeks. Yeah. I can't buy you know, chicken and leave it in the fridge for three weeks, you know, it's not frozen. So, and same with vegetables, fruit, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, I'm -hmm. sure that's a good piece of making your groceries last longer. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And you just mentioned like uh, vegetables and the frozen vegetables. One of the things I kind of forgot to mention that I was going to of along with meal planning, figuring out in nutritious meals, figuring out ways that you like to eat your vegetables and fruits. Mm-hmm. Not everyone likes broccoli steamed. Not everyone likes, I, I hate green beans. I cannot <laughs> eat green beans. <laughs> so, like, I substitute those things for red peppers, maybe a different type of lettuce. I try not, or, like, cabbage getting color in your diet with carrots, red cabbage, if you're going to eat cabbage, switch them out. Mm-hmm. Um, or like spinach instead of iceberg because you can normally get a pretty big tub of spinach for mm-hmm. the cost of a head of iceberg lettuce or something like that. Mm-hmm. Looking at those prices can help you a lot to yeah. figure out what can be switched out. And mm-hmm. um, I've done that a lot with my diet and shopping of mm-hmm. trying to just switch things that I like. I love this season because summer squash and zucchini is on sale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love um, zucchini. Yes. So I, good. I like it roasted. That's my Ooh, favorite. Yes. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. my favorite with a little bit of chili powder. Um, but I recently also just discovered like roasted broccoli. Yeah. yeah that's I good. love roasted broccoli. And it's <laughs> delicious. It works really well if you use frozen broccoli instead of fresh broccoli. Okay. It doesn't get as like shrunken like it yeah does because it that. has that higher moisture yeah. content to begin with mm-hmm. yeah yeah so you don't like throw a bunch in and go yeah that's enough and then it comes out it and you're like up. oh <laughs> i have one piece <laughs> of broccoli <laughs> yes yeah um okay so now kind of into um food longevity do you want to talk a little bit about like um i know you have a little background with like the microbiology perspective of yes. all of that want to dive into yeah um, that a little bit? So the first thing I'll start with is the stores that I mentioned earlier. So um, the big big thing with saving money at different stores, uh, if you're going to shop at Dillon's, they have a required minimum grade. So like when you talk about like grade AA or grade A eggs, mm-hmm. um, everything you buy at Dillon's, no matter if it's Eglin's Best or Kroger, they're all going to be at least grade A. So they're okay. going to be, the quality is going to be so close to the same that you're not going to notice the difference between them um, because the differences between that grading system is so small that you're, it's not something you're going to notice sensory-wise. So you might as well just buy the 30-cent cheaper ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that way with all of their brands. So they're required to um, have 
the minimum. So then that changes at each store. So it's probably a good idea to buy your freshest ingredients um, at Dylan's. That's going to help them last longer. Mm -hmm. um, or stores like that, that your fresh ingredients need to probably have the highest quality. Um, that highest quality also ensures that they're going to have the least amount of contamination. They're also the freshest. Um, and those are all things that go into their grading quality. So do you want to explain that a little more, the grading? So each, like, store almost has a different, like, mm -hmm. regulation or something of that? Yeah, so each store kind of has a different regulation of um, what they allow to be sold by them. Okay, like your your standard of mm -hmm. quality or something? Okay. Yeah, so your standard of quality is going to be a little bit different with each, with each store, which okay. as you think about that, that's kind of also how they get their difference in prices okay. and how they compete with each other on, oh, I have a lower price. Yeah, like mine um, is higher quality. It'll last longer. Mm -hmm. It's a little more expensive. Okay. Yeah. So you can kind of use those things to plan your budget. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, all the food you're getting is going to be safe. Nothing mm -hmm. is going to be a nothing is going to be put out there yeah. that gets to the store and is sold by the store that is going to hurt you. So all of it's going to be safe. But if you want to shop for that longest lasting food that's fresh, you're going to want to go towards the little bit higher of quality. Mm -hmm. um, and I I also want to mention in there separating like higher quality with just in general and not between like organic and. Um, the regular produce you would get. Mm -hmm. um, organic really doesn't have as many, oh, I'm organic things that people think they do, uh -huh. along mm -hmm. with natural. If something says natural, kind of going to myth bust here, there is no regulation for something to be labeled natural. Yep. Yeah. So, so is that just like market, basically like marketing, limited mm -hmm. regulations? People can say this is organic, this is whatever, but there's really not much of a difference in terms of like food quality? There's actually, there's none. They, really? You could literally yeah. slap natural on a package of Oreos and it would be fine. <laughs> right. So, yeah. but just to like clarify, natural, not organic. Yeah. Natural, right. so not like, organic. Yeah. Yes. Right. Organic has standards. Organic does mm -hmm. have standards. Um, if that's a personal preference, I, I completely understand all of that. Um, but, well, and, and that would vary, I think, between what type of, um, you know, fruit or veggie that yeah, you're looking yes. at too, is if, you know, organic is really beneficial or, or not mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but some, for me as a college student, I don't really value that organic side mm -hmm. as much and knowing what I do about the regulations with that, I don't see myself as a college student spending money on that label. Mm -hmm. That's more of how I see it of like money for a label with right. my situation and all of that. Um, so with that, you can buy the fresher ingredients at a little bit higher of a price and go get your shelf stable ingredients mm -hmm. somewhere else that's going to be a third of the cost that it would be at another store. So anything in a box, anything on your shelf, Anything that's at room temperature sold can be bought somewhere else at a lower price and pro and have the same quality as that store that requires the higher grade, uh -huh. if that kind of makes yeah. sense. Uh -huh. Since we're talking fresh versus... Um, fresh versus... Shelf-stable. Shelf-stable. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's kind of the big um, mark that products are analyzed by in the food industry of, like, 
if they're going to be sold at room temperature on a shelf with, like, pretty much anything you buy on a shelf is qualified for at least two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if it's going to make that qualification or not is kind of how foods are divided mm-hmm. um, in the big industry world, mm-hmm. which is kind of an interesting thing to think about. But yeah. um, How are you able to find out maybe what stores have what, like, what their grading system looks like? Is that... Um, you could always look it up. I, I'm sure it's somewhere in their fine print of something. Okay. But you can also go with, like, their kind of stereotype with their prices. <laughs> yeah. That's an easy way to figure out yeah. um, where their regulations kind of lie. If they have a stereotype for their really lower prices, then... Maybe a little lower grade. A little mm-hmm. lower grade for fresh produce and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um they're, they're probably going to have really good quality shelf-stable products at a much lower price and maybe a much lower price for the lower quality fresh ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a fun way to play with your budget mm-hmm. if you have yeah. time to go to different stores. Mm-hmm. Right. But like just to, I guess, circle back, just because it's lower quality and cheaper doesn't necessarily mean it's not safe or good, right? Exactly. So like if yeah. you know you're going to cook it, in the next two days, you're exactly. like, why not save yeah. Yeah. a dollar or so? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's and like the, you mentioned, everything That's a big point. Yeah. yeah, sorry. I should have I circled back to that, <laughs> but thank you for mentioning that again. Um, it's absolutely safe, and if you know you're going to use it within the next few days, it would be a perfect solution for yeah. um, saving money and getting that same food mm-hmm. at a better price. Yeah. 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 That's good to think about with, like, how often or frequently you grocery shop. If I, like, mm-hmm. shop every two to three days, then it's like, oh, I'm maybe better off going to somewhere that has the lower prices, lower mm-hmm. grade, because I don't need it to last maybe as long or have that mm-hmm. higher thing. But obviously, like you said, everything on the shelf is safe um, and good quality to use. But then if, yeah, if you're someone who can't go to the grocery store as often, maybe the higher grade, longer lasting yes. type of stores. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, exactly. Um, but then after we get home from the grocery store, then that's when we get into all of the things that are in our control. Preservation. Um, preservation. <laughs> <From home>. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is where I'm really interested to yeah. hear about this. So the really, my favorite class was food microbiology. Huh? But at the same time, I've never been more parani- paranoid <laughs> in a semester. <laughs> it is so weird to think about. So, uh-huh. um... It honestly goes, it's a fairly simple concept of anything you touch is going to contaminate something. So you want (laughs) to wash your hands as much as possible, and you want to cook everything to the temperature it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And that's that's as simple as it's going to be, but it can really freak you out when you start learning about all the (laughs) different microorganisms and what they can do to you. uh Uh-huh. I have a perfect example, and I'm going to throw my partner under the bus, but he, <laughs> okay. he doesn't listen to podcasts, so it doesn't really matter. Okay. Um, we go to the grocery store, and he wants to put, like, all of the fruits and veggies on one side of the, you know, like the small cart where you have the top oh, and the bottom, okay, yep. right? So, And then on the left side of the top, right, the veggies are on the right. Mm-hmm. He puts the chicken, and I'm like, <gasps> yeah. what are you oh. doing? And he's like, oh, I've always done it that way. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's why the baggers bag them yes, separately. Yes. I'm like, mm, let's put that on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's. Uh-huh. Um, what do you think about, like, <laughs> I think 
you probably have an obvious answer to this, but you know, some people are like, oh, you don't need to wash your fruit and vegetables. It's already like probably like a bag of carrot or bag of carrots yeah. is already washed at the store. Like you don't need to rinse your mm-hmm. apple or whatever. Um, yeah. It's never going to hurt rinsing them. Yeah. It's never, mm-hmm. never going to hurt. Um, one thing, do not rinse your meats. Yeah. I've heard of people doing that and I actually, I had to learn about it in my class. It's actually unsafe for the reason of the water bouncing off of your meat that you're rinsing oh. is holding those microorganisms that were on the meat and spraying everywhere. Oh. So essentially like yeah, a little aerosol, not not aerosol. I know that's for a different Right, phrase, but it's like but getting like, on your counter yeah, or like like on a, your shirt or something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And um, the microorganisms associated with food are all typically cross-contact transfers. So you're going to have to touch something and then touch something else, and that can transfer them. Yeah. Um, and then along with that, touching your nose, your mouth, all of mm-hmm. that, anything with any kind of watery substance is how you're going to get yourself sick from your food. Mm-hmm. Um and I actually, I did get food poisoning from cleaning my fridge from my roommates last year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes, it was terrible. I had to pull out um, watermelon that I didn't even know it was watermelon. I think oh. it had been in our fridge for four months. Um, so it was just like a moldy slush yeah. of pink. It was the most uh-huh. disgusting thing in the world. <laughs> and I wasn't thinking, and I touched my nose and, like, my mm-hmm. mouth. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't wearing gloves and mm-hmm. I was so sick. But that's um, exactly when your face itches. Yeah. <laughs> when you're doing something like that. You're doing something. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So, yeah, one of washing your fruits and vegetables. If you're lazy, um, if you're going to cook it, it's really not that much of an issue because you're going to introduce such a high temperature that it's going to be cooked. Those. It'll yeah. probably be killed. Um, or at least, like, brought down to a level, you shouldn't be eating something that has such a high microbial level that uh-huh. it'll make you sick even if you cook it. Yeah. Um, and those Like, are, which is, like, what's an example yeah, of something like those that? those would just be things that, like, on, let's see, on a red pepper, when you start to see it get slimy or, like, it doesn't yeah. hold its shape um, on the inside. Like, they get soggy and not okay. as firm, mm-hmm. but, like, when they start having that nasty little clear gel on them, yeah, yeah don't eat that. A sign of the <laughs> too many microorganisms. <laughs> yes, yes, you um, cannot cook the yuck out of that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and another one, like with poultry specifically, um, if you pick up a package of meat and there is a bubble on the plastic, mm-hmm. and it actually looks like the whatever package it's in has been blown up by something. Oh. That's a sign of so many microorganisms that you're probably not going to be able to cook them out. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. And that would be raw. And that would be raw. Raw meat. Yes. Okay. Um, it, you can probably get to that point with cooked meat, but let's hope that it's not staying in your fridge for that long. Yeah. I was uh-huh. say, surely it would get a little stinky before yeah. that. Yeah. You throw it out, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Uh-huh. Um, so those are two, two things just to keep yourself safe once foods have gone bad. Yeah. Um, so as you're cooking, uh, you can really, well, I should say, as you're storing food is probably a better place to start. Um, one of the craziest things I learned in my intro class was your refrigerator actually does not have to have a calibrated thermometer in it. Um, so your fridge can vary in temperature a lot. 
Um, so that actual setting of like they typically tell you thirty five between thirty five and forty degrees um, for your fridge. If you knock that down just a little bit, it'll actually probably keep it closer to that range of temperature oh, yeah. that you want because you're t- opening the door. A lot, all of I'm that sure. stuff can yeah. change the temperature of your fridge. And the more your temperature changes inside your fridge, the lo- the shorter your food is going to last. Yeah. And this might be a strange question, but a really full fridge versus a relatively empty fridge, right? Like yes. a full fridge probably won't stay as yes. cool. Yeah. I was going to mention that because that's something I deal with a lot with my roommates. Um, and we've actually like talked about things with fridge storage because overpacking a fridge and a freezer can cause some really detrimental issues with, I mean, food safety just up front um, because at that point you're probably going to get your raw meats close to your fresh veggies that you might Mm -hmm. eat raw. Um, And then on top of that, your foods just aren't going to last as long because they're not going to be able to be kept at that temperature um, Mm -hmm. because fridges are designed for a certain storage capacity. Um, So you really don't want to be like, having to hold something in as you're <laughs> closing yeah. the door. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that that's a great way to help your food last longer is not overpacking your fridge. It might mean going to the grocery store more and using, like, what you mentioned. And, like, if you're shopping more, you can maybe save money on those groceries at those other locations. Um, but, yeah. Um, I'm oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> One more question. Is there any, like impact like let's say if you um, cut up multiple different types of veggies and have them like in a you know Tupperware container like my like in the term of like microbiology that like perspective how does that affect the like microorganisms you know touching each other or anything like that so no that's a really interesting question um with that with respect to like microorganisms and products um everything's kind of grouped on meats Fruits and veggies, dairy. Okay, yeah. Um, And that's kind of how you can, in your mind, divide your fridge, honestly, along with that of, like, going to dedicate this spot to um, meat, this spot to fruits and veggies, and this spot to dairy. Because the microorganisms that affect each, they all kind of relatively remain in that category instead of, like, my pepper is going to have something different than my carrots. As long as they're pretty close to the same freshness level, Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to, like, infect the other one. Yeah. Um, which is another thing. If you have something that's going bad in your fridge, um, specifically fruits and veggies, they actually release a hormone that causes the rest of them to go bad. Mm-hmm. Uh. So if you keep things in individual, like, Ziploc bags once they've been cut, or, like, um, what I usually do is just twist up the bags that I get my produce in and just make sure they're relatively airtight and keep them in their own little area. Um, and once I start to use them, I make sure that they're in an airtight bag. So as they start to go bad, they're, they're not going to, like, Ruin cheese the touch. Rest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're not going to, like, cheese touch infect the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and to bounce off of that as well, um, mm-hmm. about putting, you know, dairy in one spot and meats on the other and your veggies, like, where do you suggest putting those in your fridge, right? Like probably oh, yeah. have your meats kind of at the bottom, right? Yes. Um, I would, the way I think about it is what's going to leak. Yeah, Where smart. do I need to be concerned if it's going to leak? Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I unfortunately have the top shelf in my fridge. Okay. So that <laughs> remains. You have, yes. to, you have to split a little bit. <laughs> you yep. have to kind of strategize where it all or how it's going to be divided. Um, but yes, meats on the bottom shelf is typically what's recommended. Um, dairy, sometimes in those little shelves that they have. My fridge isn't fancy, so I don't have those. <laughs> like in the door or? Like the door is fine. Um, those things aren't going to be as sensitive. Like milk is really sensitive to spoilage. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But otherwise, like the door for your dairy products really isn't going to be detrimental at all. Um, the drawers for fruits and veggies are really helpful because um, they oh, have yeah. some fancy thing that goes, I don't know what goes on in those, <laughs> but there's something that they do with temperature or humidity um, yeah. in those drawers. So if those are oh, available okay. to you, um, those are great to store your fruits and veggies in. But mm-hmm. if they're not, just keeping them airtight is going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, Are there to... any fruits or veggies that you don't want to keep in an airtight container? Um, Let me think think for one second because i know probably once you cut them up you would want to put them in an airtight container but perhaps if they were whole if you'd want to do that yet if they're whole um you just kind of want to keep them away from anything that would start be start going bad okay um so they don't necessarily need to be in something but keeping them separated from what is going to start that process of going bad would be most important um because they really do do this little, like, oh, I'm going bad. Now everyone's going to go bad mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> the one bad apple ruins the bunch yeah. is actually yes. a thing. <laughs> I always notice that with my bananas. Yeah. Oh, I have, yeah. like, yeah. one banana, and, like, and I, I'll move it to, like, the <laughs> other side of the kitchen. <laughs> and then I come back later, and, yeah, my partner's, like, moved it back to the other bananas. And I'm like, no, I strategically moved this yes. banana away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can tell them it's science. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Is there anything else in terms of like storing food outside of the fridge? Like any maybe tips with that? Like tomatoes or, you know, yeah, bananas. Like you said, any tips of like how to preserve things longer in a maybe room temperature setting? Mm -hmm. Out of sunlight is the biggest thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Out of, out of direct sunlight because like your fresh products that you keep on the countertop, like your um, bananas, tomatoes, um, probably oranges, other things like that, Mm -hmm. they ripen in the sun. Mm -hmm. So the more direct sunlight they have or more just they're sensitive and they like their UV rays. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So the more exposure that they have to light, because that's how they ripen when they're on the tree or when they're growing, they're going to speed up that ripening process and go bad faster. Um, But otherwise, like, I get around that by, I have a little paper sack that I keep sometimes. Oh, yeah. And I put them in that brown paper bag. Um, Hope that it doesn't get thrown away by my roommates. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But otherwise, like, you can keep them in the cabinet. Um, Just out of sunlight is the easiest way to keep them from going bad faster. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, Do you think it's, like, important to constantly be, like, wiping down surfaces that you're having your foods on? Because even I think of, like, in my pantry or cupboard fridge like should you how often should you maybe be doing that because Mm -hmm. I'm sure the bacteria that can be you know put on even just like your bread if you store it in you know something Mm -hmm. or anything like that Mm -hmm. I was actually going to mention that um like coming up with surface contamination Mm -hmm. um creepiest thing is most of the time it's your hands which is why it's so important to wash your hands 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I'm going to mention on that, with most people getting foodborne illness with the most typical, uh, oh, I got food poisoning, um, food poisoning can really happen anytime between eating the food and like 48 hours later. Yep. So it's not always the last food that you ate. If mm-hmm. it was the last food that you ate, it's most likely um, a staph food or a staph um, infection, which I say staph infection, it's usually associated with skin, but you can actually consume it and it'll make you sick. And that's mm-hmm. that really awful food poisoning that you get like an hour after you eat mm-hmm. food. Um, that comes from our noses and our skin and our hair and our nails. So that's one of those things that as we think about how much we touch those and then when we just go and touch our food, mm-hmm. if we've let that, f- if I, if you've like picked your nose and then like oh. cut something, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just a very dramatic <laughs> um, example. Um, and then you go and cut something and you don't put it back in the fridge and it sits there for an hour mm-hmm. or three hours is typically the limit that you want to let something that should be refrigerated out. Um, then you're kind of running the risk of getting yourself really, really sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that really awful thing. So we're carriers for most of those foodborne illnesses, uh. which just <laughs> makes you feel disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not. It's everybody. Yeah. But it's a really odd thought. So thinking about washing your hands every time you're touching your food is going to decrease that um, first step of uh, keeping your food less lasting longer and keeping yourself safe from any illness is just washing your hands. And I know we've all heard that so much with the COVID pandemic. (laughs) Um, It it works. Um, And then on top of that, surfaces. So you just want to make sure cleaning them, it's always going to help. I run out of time and I'm honestly kind of lazy. So like (laughs) cleaning my spice counter surfaces, I don't really do that. but it will never hurt. But the surfaces you want to be really concerned about are the ones that are going to have different foods on them. So like my countertop, I cut chicken, I cut vegetables, I make my breakfast on it. I Sometimes my roommate throws just a piece of bread on there to get her toast ready. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you want to be concerned with making sure you're not cross-contaminating types of foods. So going back to that, dairy meat, um, fruits and veggies. You want to probably deal with your fruits and veggies first since they're all sensitive to their microbiology around them. They like to pick everything up and they like to transfer everything. So you want to probably deal with those first and then um, put them away since those are also the area of foods that we usually eat fresh. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not going to go through any cooking. They're not going to go through some type of super acidic Um, like lemon juice treatment, whatever. Um, So those are going to carry the things that will make us sick if we introduce them to that. Um, So, like, you don't want to go cut chicken or cut beef and then cut a pepper and then eat the pepper. I'll have a stroke if I see someone do that. (laughs) Um, So washing, washing down your countertops, washing your hands, using different utensils, um, cutting boards. That's another really big yeah. thing. Um, wooden cutting, wooden cutting boards probably shouldn't be used for meat yeah. because, um, like we talked about the water mm-hmm. spreading, 
everything. Kind of get like soaking into the it wood. It soaks too. into the yep. wood, mm-hmm. yes. So plastic cutting boards, I, I like the nice little ones that are, can't put them through the dishwasher on high heat. I've done that and still use get them. Get a little warped. <laughs> yeah. Get a little warped and curved. Yeah. <laughs> but those are great for um, making sure that you're not cross-contaminating your other things because plastic isn't going to generally transfer that stuff mm-hmm. um, as long as you're washing it between. Yeah. Um, and along with that, you also have the opportunity for color coding stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is always fun. fun. Um, but yeah, the biggest thing, washing your counter between different foods, using different utensils for your different foods is important. So you never want to go scoop something out of a sour cream jar and then go scoop something out of your leftovers (laughs) it's going to introduce new stuff to your leftovers Mm -hmm. um so just being being ready to use new utensils washing your hands and all of that can make everything last longer and keep yourself safe that's the bigger emphasis on keeping yourself safe yeah at the end of the day you you can survive losing three (laughs) dollars on a pepper but you don't want a risky coli yeah (laughs) right so probably a big no-no when it comes to, like, sharing food with people. Like, or, like, you know, finger foods, like popcorn or something. Ooh, like, yeah, that's probably, <laughs> sure you have, like, a lot of paranoia with that. And it's, like, food service. I'm sure that's, like. Oh, yeah. My major, it's one of the worst ones for getting paranoia. <laughs> I, it's, I love it. It's super fun. But sometimes I just want to go eat and not worry about what's yeah. going on in the kitchen. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, there are always ways to get around it. If you're going to be eating with your friends out of a popcorn bowl, you don't always want to be the, like, vibe check of, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get a staph <laughs> infection. <laughs> you can just all wash your hands. Yeah. And there are ways, like, there are ways around it that you can make safe. Washing your hands yeah, is just the basically the big, thing. big takeaway. Yeah. When in doubt, just wash them. Yeah. Wash. Yeah. yeah, and don't, don't do anything gross and pick your nose and then yeah (laughs) Yeah, the basics (laughs) yeah um but no some of those food service things buffets being careful at buffets knowing that there are some foods that are going to go bad faster Mm -hmm. um and looking around and seeing if you feel comfortable at the place like they care about hygiene yeah like they care about their staff's hygiene like they care about temperatures Mm -hmm. and that they seem like they would be conscious of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, buffets are kind of the biggest place you want to do that because yeah. then that's where you run into the, has the food been held at, let's see, the danger zone that everyone talks about is 40 degrees to 140 degrees. Mm-hmm. Anything between there, um, microorganisms love the human temperature. Um, so the little 99 degrees, 101, uh-huh. 98-ish, they love that. Um so getting lower, you have some that like that lower temperature and you have some that like that higher temperature. So that's why it's a 100-degree range. But anything held in that range of one or 40 to 140 is for over three hours is really going to put you at risk for mm-hmm. just about everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and so that's where – that's why I always, like, say buffets are a little bit more of a conscious, like, Concern, yeah. <laughs> safety, um, yeah, 
And the same thing with your leftovers. Yeah. Ugh, I was hoping we'd get yes, to this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big leftover person. So. I am too. Um, I, yes, leftovers, three, three to four days. Yeah. Um, is when you want to use them. Mm-hmm. You're pushing it at four. And along <laughs> with that, when you're going to be reheating them, well, okay, let me take a step back. If you're not going to be reheating them, you want to make sure that they stay under that 40 degree uh, mark uh-huh. for the entire time. Yeah, and properly it, stored at that temperature. Properly okay. stored at that temperature. Um, and that's under 40 degrees that you want to stay for the entire time until you pull it out to eat it. Mm-hmm. Um, and along with that, the number of times you pull it out to reheat it can mm-hmm. put you at risk. So you want to, if you know you're going to be eating something multiple times or for multiple different meals, the best way to get around that is probably just separating it out. Into like separate containers. Into separate containers. Mm-hmm. Um, that way you're not pulling a big thing of salad out and letting it sit there for the hour that you're eating lunch and then mm-hmm. putting it back in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, or that you're not pulling all of the chicken that you've made out and letting it sit there for an hour and a half and get close to room temperature and then putting it back in the fridge. Mm-hmm. That's going to put you at risk also. Uh-huh. Um, so if it's something that's not going to go through another like heat treatment, um, sorry, cooking or anything like that you want to make sure it stays under that 40 degrees for the entire time since you've made it to when you're eating it Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily going to kill you you just might like not feel good (laughs) which is typically something you want to avoid yeah um but on the flip side of that with foods that you're going to be reheating like soups or um like hamburger helper or anything like that you want to actually get it above 165 degrees, which... Just like when you're cooking chicken or whatever else, you do that yeah, with your leftovers. You too. do that with your leftovers. Okay. And so the difference there is some of those meats, you can get away with like um, 145 is like fish, 165 is ground beef. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a really big processing difference between mm-hmm. those two examples, but... Um, you want to get to that 165 degree temperature because that will pretty much get rid of everything, which when you think about it, when we throw something into the microwave, we're usually not getting that high because we don't want it to get too hot and then burn our mouths. But getting it too hot for us is the safest way to eat your leftovers. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's really good to know. Yeah, because you're like, oh, I don't want it to burn my yeah. time, but it's like, <laughs> let it get hot enough, let it cool down. Yes. Okay. Because, um, yeah, my, oh, my gosh, my, my dad scares me every time he eats leftovers because <laughs> he, like, throws it in the microwave for, like, five minutes, and then he puts it on the counter and forgets about it for, like, an hour, and then he comes back and eats it, and I'm like, oh, you're going to get sick. And some people eat, like, cold leftovers, oh, you know, like yeah. pizza or, like, sometimes people just – like, you know, straight from the container, (laughs) not warmed up. Yeah, and that's another thing. Um, With eating straight from the container, reusing the spoon or the fork that you've been putting in your mouth and getting another bite and then putting that container back in the fridge Mm. is actually, like, the perfect situation for some nasty microorganisms to grow. And then your leftovers aren't going to last as long, and then you're putting yourself at more risk. So, so like, should you, like, scoop some out? Scoop some out and then reheat eat it, it and eat it. Okay, yes. yeah. So don't eat it straight don't from the container. Don't eat it straight container. from okay, the container. That's and good that goes for, like, most things in yeah. containers. Um, okay. Fun fact about milk, it actually takes one microorganism to spoil an entire gallon of milk. 
within wow. a few days. Okay. So when you see someone like drink from the carton. <gasps> oh yeah. Okay. I would not touch that. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then anything you buy on the shelf, like shelf stable things, um, you can make salsas and um, those things last a little bit longer. The ones that need to be refrigerated after opening, um, you can make them last a little bit longer if you're conscious of the, the cleanliness of the lid and mm-hmm. if you're letting them touch anything raw on accident, like mm-hmm. as you're like, I was, I actually threw out my barbecue sauce last night because I freaked myself out because I was, like, <laughs> pouring it in the bag to, like, get all over my chicken, uh-huh. and I accidentally touched the lid to the bag of oh, the so chicken, like, so then I was like, <laughs> there's chicken juices on my barbecue sauce now, so I just threw the whole thing out because it freaked me out too much, which was probably also good because that was definitely contamination. <laughs> yeah. um, but, like, being conscious of things like that can actually help those refrigerate after opening packages. Just yeah. not reusing spoons that you're serving yourself with or just moving it to another container and then eating is going to keep things fresh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, this has been so yeah. <laughs> informative for me. Um, I guess, I'm not sure, do we have anything else kind of in this area to cover? I guess we've kind of been going a while. I <laughs> got chatting a lot, but... Um, yeah. Is there anything else in, I guess, these three areas of, like, longevity, uh, food budgeting, planning nutritious meals um, that you want to share? Or I guess if I, not, we can go into the. I think I covered most of my little, like, <laughs> boarding things that I tell yeah. my friends when they tell me to maybe not talk about food as much. <laughs> <laughs> no, this has been so interesting. I feel like we could go on about this oh, for yeah. a long time. Um, so I guess now shifting back to a little bit more of that, like, physical well-being or having a handle on your, you know, food planning and um, eating nutritious meals. How do you think that's maybe contributed to, like, your overall well-being or, like, why should college students value this? Yeah, so budgeting, when I moved into my apartment, was just, like, the most terrifying thing in the world to me. Mm-hmm. I remember my first week I bought groceries. I did not have a plan, and the grocery store freaks me out. I get so anxious. <laughs> yeah. Um And so I spent, like, way too much money, and then I didn't use all my food, and then it all went bad, and I was all guilty because I wasted money. Mm -hmm. And so having a handle on my budget itself reduces a lot of anxiety for going to the store. And, like, even, like, in later weeks, if I – it also is a little bit of motivation for me to figure out for um, getting my budget together because then if I know I'm going to plan this for my meals – and it'll cost roughly this amount. That means maybe I can go out with my friends for one of these meals. Mm-hmm. And so I can kind of play that entire social, mental, like reduce anxiety, maybe give myself a positive interaction with friends and food and all of that. And then on top of that, if I pay attention to those meals I'm making at home, I'm going to help myself physically. Um so it's really helped all areas of my well-being in life of if I pay attention to this one thing for however long it takes me. Um, sometimes I use recipes from Pinterest or sometimes I use old recipes. Sometimes I just go on a whim and go, oh, that looks good. Um, <laughs> and however long that hour and a half, two hours takes me I'd ima- to figure out, it's going to help me later in the week to reduce something. And then also, like I mentioned, figuring out whatever meal I really want to make 
it's kind of a relaxing, like, fun thing for me in the middle of the week. And I usually plan that meal when I know I'm going to have time to make it so I can enjoy making it because I enjoy cooking a lot. So mm-hmm. it turns into it's turned into something I relax with. So I actually take my break from homework to um, cook, and it is a help helps me reset mm-hmm. a little bit. And it's, it's a nice way to um, figure out the rest of the mental aspects of college. Mm-hmm. Of <laughs> I, I focus on eating a lot, and I talk about food all the time. It's my major. Um, so it's been a nice reset to figure out all of that stuff. And I think that's something that food can create a lot of anxiety in any situation you're in, whether mm-hmm. it's um, more of a mental thing for you or more if it's more of a money thing. It, food is the one thing that brings everybody together. Everybody has to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so figuring it out and, like, focusing on it just a little bit can probably reduce a lot of anxiety in any area that you have. Yeah, and then yeah. you have nutritious meals for the week. Mm-hmm. You're fueled. You're feeling good. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that perspective. Food is what we all have in common. Yes. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I, everyone has yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. It's fun getting into the different cultural foods, too, if you ever get bored with meals. That's a fun little area to, like, if you have a culture that you've always wanted to learn more about, learning about their food is a really cool way to get into that, Mm -hmm. um, which is something I've enjoyed doing as I've gotten bored with my meals sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I guess, are there any, like, maybe limitations or struggles you still have with this or provide any tips for students who might be struggling with this? Yeah, um, well, I've said a few times, I'm lazy sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it requires a lot of planning. Yeah, it requires yeah. a lot of planning. It requires a lot of mental energy, um, and it requires time. And one of the last things you want to do sometimes, even though it can be relaxing for me, if I come home from an OCHEM test, I'm not going to want to <laughs> cook dinner. Um, and then I get in a bad mood because I don't want to cook dinner, but I have all this food. Um, (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I sometimes compromise that and get myself a meal that'll make me happy and then figure out when I'm going to reschedule that meal and make sure all my food is not going to go bad by that time. Uh And I know other limitations I've run into, I've, I've been pinched with budget and groceries, Mm -hmm. um, that you look at your account after (laughs) some event and you're like, oh my, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Um, Mm -hmm. So you've got to be flexible and kind of improvise and figure out, like, Kanza Table has $1 meals. I think it's Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. Am I am I correct with that? I don't know about dollar meals. Uh-huh. Um, St. Isidore's has dollar that's, dinner. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Usually Sundays. Okay. So I was going to say, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Kanza student table meals are free to anyone okay. who, who comes and, and grabs one. Okay, so no I questions mixed asked. the both yes. of those. No, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so knowing some of those resources, too. Cat's Cupboard is a great resource. Yeah. Um, and then I'm, I'm not sure what the requirements to go to the bread basket are, but, like, those resources with budgeting, mm-hmm. you should never worry about those. That's why they're there. Yeah. Um, and that's – I know that's a big concern for a lot of college students of – how do I eat healthy with those budgeting issues? Yeah. Or not issues, troubles. Mm-hmm. Um, and those resources of the consa table and the 
dollar dinners at yep. St. Isidore's. Um, there you go. I got them straight that time. <laughs> um, those are very good to know and supposed to be utilized. Yeah, mm-hmm. good resources um, if you're yes. struggling in those areas. Yes. And I think time is the other challenge, but mm-hmm. as college students, we're all out of time. <laughs> yeah. Some, somehow we all figure it out. We're I've, all out of time. <laughs> I've kind of gotten around that sometimes. Sometimes I'm good about it. Sometimes I'm not with deciding what time I'm actually going to do things. Yeah. Um, I have to schedule things out, and that's just me. It doesn't work for everybody, but. Mm-hmm. There's got to be flexibility. That's, it's yeah. not always going to be perfect. Give yep. yourself some grace if, if the meal planning, you didn't have time to. Um, get it done this week or yeah. you know you can get back on the on the yeah. um, wagon so the yes. beginning of the week does not need to be Sunday it can yeah. be Wednesday <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah um so I guess before we have a little fun question for you at the end mm-hmm. but um so before we kind of get into that do you have any main tips or takeaways for students in this um I guess aspect of Food safety, food planning. I know probably the big one is washing your yes. hands. <laughs> that's, that's my major takeaway. <laughs> but yeah. anything else, kind of your main things you hope people get out of this? Um, wash your hands. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> be careful with cross-contamination between surfaces mm-hmm. and between foods. Um, mm-hmm. Surface can include a spoon or a knife, too. It's not just, like, your countertop. Um, and then on top of that, don't be afraid of shopping in different locations and using those little things that go on in the background of the industry with brands and regulations to your advantage for budgets. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of weasel your way around it and save some money. Um, every Everything that you're going to be buying is going to be safe mm-hmm. for you to consume. Um, but other than that, no, food should be fun. Yeah. Food should be fun and safe. Yes, use it safely. This is for your health, people. Yeah. Keep everyone from getting sick. Um, Yes. So one thing that we ask, we've asked all of our guests on the podcast Mm -hmm. so far, you did not get this on the the pre-script, so this is a little bit of a fireball question, but favorite restaurant in Manhattan? Ooh. Oh my. Shelby, you can share yours too. Yeah. You, if you if you have you one you'd like first. to share. Oh. <laughs> Why should I go first? Um gosh, that's hard. I don't It can also be a favorite like dish. Like mm. mine one of mine is the mac and cheese from Blue Stem. <laughs> I've never tried that. I am a little bit lactose intolerant. So yes, it'll have to too, be a day so I decide I, I don't yeah. want to yep. do anything else. Yeah. Okay, got yeah. it. <laughs> hmm. Okay, well, if you go to Tallgrass Tap House, I'm not going to say they're my favorite restaurant because hey. that I don't necessarily think that's the case, but they have one, th- like, thing on their menu that I will always, always get. It's actually an appetizer, but I get it for my oh. meal. It's, like, um, pork lettuce wraps, <gasps> and it has, like, pickled carrots, which oh, I don't know if people like pickled things. I like, it just sounds scary carrots. and gross, but yeah. it is delicious. So pork. Oh, my gosh. It's like pork lettuce wraps. Pork lettuce wraps. They're okay. So Ooh, good. Those sound good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna try that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Tap House also has good soft pretzels. I'm Ooh, <laughs> gotta really? plug those too. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love. So I always run into an issue with picking out my favorite food or restaurant because I go by like categories of uh-huh. food. So like. Oh yeah, like Mexican food yes. or you wanting yeah. Um, my favorite place to go is the taco truck hold on um 
Oh, is it Frida's? It's not Frida's. Is it, oh, the, no, no, is it like the orange one? It's the orange one. <gasps> oh, I I don't know the name of it, but um, I've been there like only during the summer a I've few never times. Gone. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's like authentic. It's, it's so good. So good. Their tamales <laughs> are amazing. Okay, is that the Their one? tacos are so good. That's on McCall or is the one on Tuttle? It's on Tuttle. Tuttle. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's like yeah. orange, bright mm-hmm. orange. Um, yeah, I think okay, that, that is very yeah, good. Yeah, that's my that's my favorite one. I've never been, but I've wanted to go. Yeah, go. The, we'll see if we can so find good. the name. We'll link it in the uh, show notes because yes. I'm not sure. Yes. Yeah. I don't know what it's called, but I've it's the orange truck. Yes, on orange Tuttle truck Creek. on Tuttle Creek. Yes. Everyone go. So they're super <laughs> nice. I love yeah. the people that work there. They're so nice. Yeah. Um, well, Liz, thank you so much mm-hmm. for being here on the episode today. This was super informative and. <laughs> really at least informational yes. for me and I think it um, definitely will be for many other people and college students who listen so also go check out the K-State food science program yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, on top of that we are a fairly small major and always wanting more people to join us yeah um, so yeah we have a lot of things other than our ice cream I'll plug Paul Hall Dairy <laughs> Bar on top yeah. of it oh yeah yep, we have breakfast now you oh, can get goodness. 75 like um Let's see. My favorite little thing right now, because I go there too much, so I've needed to cut back. <laughs> um, but I get a single dry biscuit, and I put jelly on it for 75 cents. Wow. So if you okay. want breakfast, yeah. um, okay. they also have other good breakfast items that are a little bit more, but still very, very reasonable for breakfast foods. And they also have burgers and fries and, like, cold cut sandwiches that are delicious. Wow. I'll have to okay. check them out. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. I thought it was if just If you want cream. just a basket of fries, those are a dollar too. <laughs> okay. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There we go. Keep on the yeah. with the food budgeting as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, yes. Thank you so much for joining yeah, us, Liz. This was um, awesome to have you here today, but I don't know if Shelby, if anyone has any final thoughts. No, I, I just, know. I enjoyed it. Yeah. This was good. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yes, absolutely. <laughs>